Hey folks, thanks for joining us at a podcast about Catholic things. Uh, this is Eric, I'm the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with Dan. This is Dan, I'm the Ambassador of Nonsense. And uh, let's see, we tried to get Jason on with us again today. Uh, he didn't make it. Um, I, it's a shame because it's Veterans Day, and I wanted to say some kind of kind words to him and embarrass him, but uh, he's not here. So, oh yeah. well. That's okay. I, I can sort of, uh, I can represent in law. My wife is a veteran. Oh, okay. But now. No, what? You can't represent anything. Your wife being a veteran I said in law. In law. What do you mean yeah. that? Well, you know, like mother in law, daughter in law, sister in law. Okay. Jason, uh, was in the National Guard and when he first joined, I was arguing with him, coming I'm like, I mean, this is the Clinton era. And I'm like, right. your commander-in-chief is Bill Clinton. He said, no, my commander is the governor of Ohio, which I guess at time, I it don't know was. who it was, Taft yeah, I don't or uh, Kasich? I don't remember. I wasn't living in Ohio at the time. That's right. So. Okay. Anyway, he said, it's, I said, yeah, but if we get, if we go into war or something, uh, you're going to be... Uh, you're going, and I he, we kind of argued about that back and forth. And but anyway, he joined the National Guard, went that for a couple years, and then 9/11 happened. Now, of yep, course, and, uh, uh, Bill Clinton wasn't the commander in chief that at that time, but he did get called up, right? And right. he went, and yep, he served, yep, he and go. so uh, and we he's don't got a few stories. Yeah, he does, which he doesn't talk about real often. Whenever he does start talking about it, I just kind of shut up and listen. But yeah. we're in one of those families. We're not very touchy-feely. So I never I never express real gratitude or admiration for doing what he did. I was going to today, but, well, he's not here. So he'll, oh, have, well. to, he'll have to catch it on, the, uh, on the, uh, the podcast download or something. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, Let's see. Today, I was thinking we'll talk about uh, uh, abortion and uh, some some ways to talk about abortion to someone who is quote pro-choice. Because I noticed that a lot of times when you, if you're talking to someone about abortion, it's it, and I mean it's such a it's a strong subject. And it's going to end up probably being an argument. And I see people, I think, make mistakes that mm -hmm. doesn't really help the conversation. Yeah, I, I, I do that. Um, in fact, that's the, one of the most frustrating um, things to me. I mean, abortion is, to me, it's one of those things that deserves a lot of concern and emotion it's one of those things that that people should be fired up about but here's the interesting thing when i when i have had an opportunity to talk about it with somebody who's in favor uh, of abortion um i tend to go into a very non-emotional mode of discussion in other words i, I i'm uh we talk about um converting hearts and minds 
Yeah, uh, I'm one of those. I'm I'm always trying to to work on the mind. I'm not good at at the heart kind of thing. Right. And the in- interesting thing is when I do that, and I bring stuff up in what I feel like is a methodical, logical, non-emotional, uh, non-confrontational. Okay, let's parse this out and actually examine and try to figure out, uh, you know, what the right thing is. The people I'm talking to tend to get angry and yeah. then it blows up and, and goes. So I'm not very successful at talking about abortion to people who are in favor of abortion. Right. So I'm very interested to hear what you have to say. about I, that. And I'm not necessarily either. I'm just saying that there are a couple things that, um, uh, someone who's pro-life should do, uh, on the outset of the conversation and then, uh, you know, certain signs you should look for as the conversation uh, goes on. And on top of all that, you should know when to call the conversation quits and to say yeah, this. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, to start with, you have to make the other person understand where your position is. And it's it's not just that you're against abortion. It it goes so far beyond that. And that's why if you're pro-life, you tend to get kind of emotional about it because mm-hmm. they need to understand that you see no difference between a baby in the womb and a baby outside the womb. Yeah. Yeah. In the womb or in the arms, you're talking about the same thing. And, and I mean, they have to, it's not just that, it's not just objectively the same. They have to know that I really a hundred percent believe that this baby in the womb is the same as the baby outside the womb. Yeah. And if you talk about abortion, you need to do it keeping in mind that, um, that to me, abortion is the same as picking up a baby out of its crib and tearing it to pieces. That's how I believe it to be. A hundred percent in my brain, that's how it is. So if, if we can have any kind of discussion at all, it's going to have to start by addressing that because I can't continue. I can't talk to you about women's rights. That doesn't make any sense to me. Mm hmm. It has to start with the fact that this is a baby. And if you, if you could keep on the scientific side on that, um, sometimes it goes a lot better because they're not going to get into women's rights and who has control over a baby and stuff like that. I mean, that's what they want right. to do. And a lot of times yeah. they'll turn the conversation that way, but you got to keep bringing it back. No, mm-hmm. you don't understand. I still think this is a baby. Yeah. Yeah. If, as long as that's the case, then, then what does it matter? Uh, you know, women's rights or, or anything like that. That's, um, it's, it's one of those things that, that, uh, there's kind of a hierarchy of, um, of rights you could say um and if what you're talking about is a person well then that person's independent right to be able to go on living um kind of supersedes anybody else's 
lesser right to anything. Right. I mean, it's it, like, okay, I, I can kill this guy and, uh, well, do I have a right to do it if, if I can get $20 by doing it? Well, no. Well, what if I could get like $40 million to do it and then I could use that $40 million and because I'm such a great guy, that $40 million, I could put it to such great use. How about my rights then? Is my right to $40 million enough to say, well, I can kill this one person? You know, what, at what point do you say the value of my right to a thing, uh, a convenience, a um, an access to some good of life outweighs another human being's right just to live? Yeah. Uh, well, the main thing is they have to understand that. Now, if so they you, agree with you, yeah. if they agree that the the human child outside the womb is every bit as much of a person as the child inside the womb, which I'm not going to get into arguments for and against that in this podcast because there's a billion other people that uh, probably do a better job and mm-hmm. are more scientific <laughs> about it. But my point is, if they agree that it is a person inside the womb and that there's not much difference except out of sight, out of mind, I would say there's no reason to talk to this person. You know, that's that's something that um, it touches on one of the most frustrating things that I come across personally, which is getting people to care. Because, yeah. you know, whether they agree with you or not. Now, I mean, there are those who will agree and say, oh, yeah, so it's a person, but so what? In fact, there are those who actually advocate for uh, essentially post-birth abortions. I mean, I mean, getting almost into that very um, kind of weird kind of mentality that was in that that Philip K. Dick story. Mm-hmm. Um and you know the one you probably know the title. I don't remember the title. Uh, of it. It's called the unperson. <clears throat> That's right, the unperson. Um, so there are those who 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 are there scientifically, and they still don't care. But the most frustrating thing for me is those who um, they will make. You know, they'll they'll give a sort of a glib uh, rejection based on something that they think sounds scientific. Oh yeah, it's not independent. So it's not a person, you know, stuff like that. That's right. Just kind of nonsense. But the thing is this, uh, the, the frustrating thing is that you get the distinct impression that they don't care whether what they're saying is, is true or not. It's like, okay, maybe people are being killed in this particular scenario and we could f- maybe sit down and figure this out, but I don't care. I don't care to figure it out. I don't care to determine whether there's a problem. That is very you know? frustrating. It's like um it's like if you're at a party and 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 you know somebody says, "Hey, you know what? The the punch bowl is has been spiked with poison and everybody who drinks out of it is going to get very ill and 20% of those people are going to die. Um, well, what people might, people might dismiss him. Uh, but, but the thing is, shouldn't you try to figure out whether he's right or wrong? You, you know, isn't that kind of like a, a really, uh, important and urgent thing right now? And to, then maybe stop out? it. 
<laughs> but yeah. it, let's pour this out onto the ground or, and... or something. Yeah. Or, you know, and, but instead they, they want to criticize the, the thickness of icing on the cake or, or, you know, whether or not the, yeah. uh, it's still a good party. The sushi even though is properly was, chilled uh, or something like that. Punch bowl. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very frustrating. And, um, <clears throat> Rush Limbaugh started saying something, uh, I guess a year or two ago. He started saying liberals, hardcore liberals cannot be, in, uh, converted. And I've lost my patience trying to convert them. They don't need to be converted. They need to be defeated. Mm-hmm. And if someone is willing to concede that the fetus is a human child, but that it's still okay to kill them. I just, I don't see any reason to talk to this person. I mean, yeah. and, and maybe you have to be cordial to them because you work with them or something of that nature. But, um, I, I just don't talk to them about this. This person's, I, I don't know how else to say it. This is a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's the point at which, um, you, you, you can, you continue to, uh, exercise civility um but you uh you dismiss them i that's um, yeah the, the, you're going to get uh, frustrated if you try to talk to them because it makes mm-hmm. no sense right right and i think that's i think that's the thing i mean there's there's uh there's so many people out there and and especially on the um uh on the left and in, in america uh in american culture uh, when it comes to this topic, um, they're, they're really c- working from a position of bad faith is how I think of it, because they're, uh, even in their outspokenness about it, it's not because they care about the truth. It's because they've signed themselves up to an agenda. And this particular statement of the truth is what advances that agenda. Yeah. And, and that's, that's when you've got people who are acting and working in bad faith. The people who are working in bad faith. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it's time to say, let's just dismiss them and focus on the people who are not working in bad faith. Right. And for those people, I think you can kind of break it down into some groups. There are people who just, um, they've never thought about it enough to consider whether or not this is a real human being. Mm-hmm. Um, be, just because they don't, uh, as you talked about, they just, they don't care enough to find out. And you'll find people who say, well, it's a woman's issue. I'm a man. I don't really need to worry about it. And, and then there are maybe women who just never gave it much thought and, you have to approach them kind of carefully. Um, I just, again, you start off by making them understand what your position is. Mm-hmm. So right. that, if, right. you know, if I get a little bit excited about this, this is the reason. Because this is what I think. You can understand that if your neighbor uh, would invite people over, old men over, and then slice their throats how you would get kind of excited about that. And that's right. why I can, I right. get excited about this subject. Um, I or think even, uh, you know, put it in terms of that, that 
you know, modern liberals could perhaps understand. I mean, um, you know, the, the, the modern liberals are always big on the isms The you know, racism is a big one. Okay. Now, you know, we of course, uh, are, are right there with them in disagreeing, uh, you know, disagreeing with racism and condemning racism. I think we sometimes, uh, <laughs> part ways a little bit on on a definition of what racism is because they've gotten right. all of this you know unconscious bias and and stuff like that 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 kind of seems a little bit uh silly i think to a uh a more deeply thinking person right but, um but you know the the thing is think about uh what if your neighbor um you know routinely had people over for the sake of hosting a white supremacist meeting or something like that, and you're trying to talk about your to your neighbor about this, and um, you're trying to explain to him why racism is wrong and why he's wrong to try to hold these meetings and encourage this agenda. You're going to get a little bit hot under the collar mm-hmm. as he's not responding to you. You're, it's going to upset you that he doesn't just see what seems so obvious to you. Well, it's kind of the same way with us. Yeah. And, and it's it's hard to to remain dispassionate about this topic because we are talking about, you know, the lives of babies. Yeah. And uh, I think if you can if you have this understanding of abortion and you can talk about it without any sort of emotional uh, response, I think there might be something wrong with you. Well, sometimes I do talk about it without an emotional response but there's probably something wrong with me no but you know I, like i said it's 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 i get like 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 laser focused on okay i'm going to try to change your mind about this and right. i forget about the heart and and i i i and i think sometimes that's the wrong target for a person you might have a person who really might be persuaded but trying to do it strictly intellectually might be the wrong way to approach that person and then there's the other thing where, and and this is what you have to watch out for. You have to watch out for their level of emotional, um, um, I can't think of the word, investment in oh. the subject. Yeah, somebody who, who thinks they've just got it figured out, but is nonetheless sincere, is a lot less emotionally invested than somebody uh, who's sister has you know yeah exactly or maybe had several um in maybe what might have been a really hard time of her life or something like that okay Mm -hmm. well now you're trying you're coming along and saying well you know your sister killed her babies you know wait a minute that that's a big thing to a big pill to swallow that you know right and so you look for that and you're better to convert this person you are much better off to plant seeds than to try to win an argument with them. Mm-hmm. You'll get right. further, and that person will respond better to just plant seeds. And maybe to, as they talk about, because, I mean, that's what happens a lot of times. They suddenly start talking about anecdotal things like, well, this girl got raped, and she was pregnant. <clears throat> and for all you know, this person's talking about themselves. Um, right. So you watch right. for that and 
the more emotional they are, probably the more you should. Yeah, you might just start by uh, presenting the fact that. uh, Well, you might just stay with the anecdotal side and say, in my, uh, in my experience, this is a human child, and it's the same as every other human child. And I'm waiting for somebody to show me that it's not a human child. Mm-hmm. And maybe let that person show you that it's not a human child. Yeah, that's, that's, sometimes I, uh, I've taken that approach, uh, not with abortion specifically, but when arguing points like that. Okay, well, convince me. Show me, you know, show me where I'm wrong. Of course, you know, when I do that, I am, I, I don't know if you would say I'm acting in bad faith, but it's not like I'm going to be convinced. It's right. more like, I want to hear where, where they are. I want to understand what their framework I wanna know is. What would make you think this way? Yeah. Right. Right. And a lot of times you find out that it's, um, it's their own emotions, their own actions or history that mm-hmm. do make them think that way. And, so changing them is not something that words can do. Changing them is something that's got to come from God, probably. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I've talked that's... to uh, I've talked to Christian women who have had abortions, and uh, every one of them will say that it it was a it took time for them to understand what they did. Mm-hmm. It's not like one day they woke up and said, "Oh, I killed my baby." It it kind of it, it would. Uh, I I think God's a little bit more gentle when He brings those types of people around to Himself. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. So I mean, we, somebody who 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 went from from not thinking that way at all to just suddenly having that as a full realization. Okay, now I, I mean, think about the kind of despair they would feel and and. Uh, yeah oh my gosh i killed and, a baby I, yeah i you know that that's that's you know if if i woke up one day and then realized the previous day i had done something like that um i mean that that's that's where you're getting into suicidal thoughts and stuff like that right so yeah i could see that that out of mercy and and out of a desire even for the souls of those women god would let that kind of thing break very slowly to them yeah um, you know, I think we're already like 25 minutes in. That's really all I had to say about the subject because I know lots of people who don't do this, who don't mm-hmm. start off with conversation with, and ever since I started doing it, um, the, I, I, I think the people I talk to about it, which I don't talk to many people because I, I really only hang around people who already agree with me on this. But uh, the few times that I have, those conversations have gone better. And so let me ask about context then. I mean, the, you, you know, the times that you have talked to people, how and, and where does this happen? Because, for know, example, I can, I can tell you, like, the people that I work with, uh, something might come up in the context of work and I might be like, well, I disagree with you, but it's like, we're not going to have that conversation at work. It's an inappropriate place. We, we, you know, right. our employers paying us to do a certain thing, which isn't talking about abortion. So 
where do you find opportunities to have this kind of conversation in a way that you can be free to do that? Well, uh, to start with, when I did, and I've been, uh, uh, I've been slipping here, but, uh, I was taking the kids down to the picket line. So, you know, sometimes people pass by and they want to talk. So you talk, um, other than that, it's really online forms, things like that. And forms oh, okay. that have nothing to do with any of that, you know, like uh, technical forms that I have, I'm a part of because I need help with my job and I help them with their jobs. And mm-hmm. they've, most forms have that little section where uh, you're allowed to talk politics or religion or whatever you want. And oh, okay. uh, it comes up there and I, you know, a lot of, I think, um, the last time I talked about it, I, uh, one, we were talking about, uh, using abortion as a way to cut down on poverty. Oh. And I kind of the, let's get rid of poverty by killing the poor kind of. Right. Solution. And that's kind of how I, when he brought it up, and I know a lot of people there were pro-abortion, uh, but mm-hmm. that's what I led with. I said, you need to understand where I am on this. And talking about abortion as if it's a solution to anything isn't going to work until you can show me that uh, that that this is not a human being. Right. If, if you're advocating that we kill human beings to solve poverty... Um, then I'll just let that stand by myself because that's a sick thing to do. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, show me why this fetus isn't human. And um, he just dropped it off after that. Uh, Instead, yeah, I yeah. there was another liberal there. He wanted to argue, but he wasn't going to argue that. He wanted to because I brought up Margaret Sanger and the fact mm, that she was a racist. Mm-hmm. He yeah, wanted to argue yeah. about whether or not she was a racist. So that's yeah. what the argument was about. Wait a minute. Seriously? He he actually wanted to try to make the point that Margaret Sanger was not a racist? Yep. He didn't know any of his Planned Parenthood history, did he? No. And he went into Planned Parenthood's uh, responses to... I mean, I, I, I found the website where he was looking up his answers to me, mm-hmm. and those were all pretty... Uh, flaky arguments and I just um, yeah, no that's that's he couldn't you win know, so <laughs> I mean Planned Parenthood could could justly be described as the call it the cultural wing of the Nazi party I mean if you want to put it that way that's that's yeah definitely you know and and even today I mean you know it still is it is, yeah. I mean, like that that billboard they put up in black neighborhoods with the black women, and the statement "abortion is self care." You know, yeah. I, if that doesn't just tell you, okay, yeah, and it's it's. I mean, they they are a racist organization and continue to be, and uh, they don't need to be converted. They need to be defeated. Oh yeah, uh, to absolutely. quote Limbaugh. Again, and uh, that's kind of where I've come with that. There's just no reason to talk to someone who, who, who's really that sick. Mm -hmm. 
Right. That. Um. Yeah, that's that's all I got. Okay. Well, that's. I think um, that's uh, about all there is to say. I mean, obviously, the the other thing to point out, um, you know, it, it, when people do bring up these anecdotes, especially where they may be coming from, you know, some kind of personal or related, you know, experience with maybe a loved one or something, um, we want to show compassion for the situation that that whoever it is might yeah. have been in you know you describe okay if they describe a a young girl who was raped or something like that obviously you want to you know show concern wow you know that's no no girl should have to go through that that's you know i agree with you about that um you know doesn't change the status of the baby as a human being but it's it was a really bad evil thing to happen to the girl and then you, know, you might, instead wanna... of arguing right there about that situation, you might just mm-hmm. say something like, consider this, was the rape any better by eliminating the baby? Yeah, yeah. And then kind of leave it at that. I think, again, planting a seed will go a lot farther than trying to change their mind. Right, right. That's 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 true. You know, and you never know how those work. I mean, there's so many people that, that you might have an opportunity to, to, uh, you know, plant some kind of a seed like that. You may never see them again, but there may be something that comes of that someday that, you know, then, and that's, that's our, you know, that's our calling to serve God, to serve the kingdom. That's, you know, we're not here to, to be imperialist conquerors for God. We're here to serve God. Right. We, we let him do, you know, the conquering. Yeah. All right. Current events. This is kind of weird because this touches on abortion. Oh, really? Because I've got one for that. <laughs> in fact, Planned Parenthood, I was going to say. What? Have you, have you seen this recent video, this this pro-abortion video Planned Parenthood put out? No. It's They show this baby, you know, kind of looking into the camera and, and moving around a little bit and it says, you know, she deserves to be loved. She deserves to be, I don't know, what something else. Um, and then it says, she deserves to be wanted. Uh, oh, no. Then it says, she deserves to be chosen. Or she deserves to be a choice. Or something like okay. that. It's like it's like trying to make the argument in a, in a what's supposed to be a emotionally appealing video that as a human being, one of our rights is for our presence here to be somebody else's choice for us to be here or not. Wow. I Exactly. I mean, That's how do you diabolical. respond to that? Ex- I know. I mean, <laughs> just, think if, just, just think I, if our society actually, you know, viewed things that way. I think more and more lately, the pro-abortion side is showing their true colors. And I think it's doing better for us because more and more millennials are pro-life mm-hmm. than have been in the past. And I think it's because of that that kind nakedness of that they're showing. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I'll have to look that up. But now Pope Francis, of all people, mm-hmm. uh, there's this little country... It's between France and Spain called 
Andorra. Yeah, okay. Andorra. Uh, <coughs> sorry. They have a monarchy there, if I understand this. Has, I didn't read the whole story. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, Pope Francis is threatening to uh, abdicate the uh, Andorran monarch if they um, legalize abortion. Wow. So what would that mean in practical terms? I think absolutely nothing. Except that... Uh, well, it, it might. Consider this. Are, are they a predominantly Catholic country? I don't know. They have... Uh, I can't even read these names. Mm-hmm. Um, but their but, archbishop is... I wish I had uh, read more about it before I opened it up. Well, but, no, here, um, here's, here's the reason I bring that up is because if, if they are a predominantly Catholic country and, and Catholic, you know, with a certain, you know, you know, good Catholic, Orthodox Catholic... yeah. Um, such a move by the Pope, um, would allow, uh, Catholics in that country to have a clear conscience in making moves for a military overthrow of their king. Yeah. In such a case. I think, I think that's the practical. So now, if it's not a I don't think they're anywhere close to that even if they were though Mm -hmm. i i don't think that would be part of the uh story play out of the the history okay yeah that's but that is interesting that it would uh even invoke that kind of a i mean you you think of that kind of of papal uh threat and papal power as being something like from you know the middle ages or something like that or even pope benedict mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah a different kind of pope right Okay, but so that's going on, and that's in the Pyrenees Mountains somewhere. Hmm. Uh, Voters in Michigan legalized uh, recreational marijuana. Okay, so uh, this is um, when Michigan is, you know, when the Democrats in Michigan are all celebrating because the state turned back blue after being red for a cycle. Is Um, did they turn back blue? Yeah, they in, in this recent election so um so i don't know if, if there's a connection between those two things or not um i don't know see i i know an awful lot of republicans who think uh recreational marijuana should be legalized mm-hmm. or well, at least it's... up to the state uh-huh. i i don't quite well, know where i stand on it but i'm well, more for the legalization than against it yeah, I, 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 personally, I think marijuana is a, a, uh, I mean, I, I will, I won't let it in my house and I'll beat up any of my kids who, who, uh, um, who I catch with it, but, uh, I was smoking a of, joint with your kid the other day. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> in terms of the, uh, the, um, in terms of government, uh, resources, uh, you know, to me, that's that's like such a distraction. I mean, if, if right. you're going to if you're going to think in terms of drugs, uh, 
let's go all out and let's pull out the big guns and let's point a few of our of our tactical nukes at you know at some of the cartels in Mexico or something yeah. like that. I mean, let's 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 put our money and our resources and our threats where it actually matters. Yeah. I mean, marijuana is something people grow in their backyard or yeah. in their closets, or whatever. But it just—I uh, don't know. They—they they just legalized uh, medical use here in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I say they just did it. They did it like five years ago, but it's caught up in all these um, uh, bureaucratical uh, back and forth that. Oh, okay. Uh, they, I, and also, there, there's some uh, crony capitalism going on with uh, the governor, John Kasich, and everyone under him. Um, the, the There's been kind of a monopolization of the business. And, uh, oh, company, right. And it, it's, right. it's kind of, now they're getting audited, like, four years later. So mm-hmm. we're going to see maybe in another two years they might get this straightened out and actually get medical marijuana on the uh, market, but <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I guess Michigan is the first Midwestern state to legalize recreational use. Yeah. Okay, and then also there's the fact that uh, the Democrats took the House, the Republicans keep the Senate. Mm-hmm. Which I was really hoping we would uh, gain in the house. I thought mm-hmm. maybe there was a red wave coming. I was wrong about that, but it is what it is. Now well, we've got you know, this to deal with. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's encouraging to me is that everybody thought there was a blue wave coming. Yeah, and, and there wasn't. I, it did. I mean, they they gained a, a slight majority in the house. Um, this the what people expected, and and you know. Let's think about that. Let's be real about this. This is at a time when the conventional wisdom, if if you talk to people, if you listen to newscasters, you get the impression everybody doesn't like Trump. Democrats and Republicans alike. Nobody likes Trump. And in the meantime, you uh, have this massive get-out-the-vote campaign. Um fueled mostly by Democrats because the conventional wisdom is get out the vote campaigns benefit Democrats more than Republicans. Why? Because the more educated you are, the more likely you are to vote without being asked to do so. And the more educated you are, the more likely you are to vote Republican. So the more uneducated people they can get into the polls, the better Democrats do. That's the conventional wisdom. And this was one of the most massive get-out-the-vote campaigns of any midterm election. And this blue wave never materialized. I take that as a good sign, personally. I think the main population of America is not buying into the extreme uh, liberal ideologies that have somehow managed to seize the center of the Democratic Party. Yeah, and uh, another good part about this is the fact that we kept on to the uh, Senate and even gained in the Senate, which means that Trump's uh, appointees are going to get through a lot easier now. That's true. That's true. Uh, the, and the House can't do anything about mm-hmm. it. That's right. They don't They don't approve or confirm so, appointees. That's good for us. 
okay, Asia Bibi, who we talked about last week. That's right. Update on her? Um, she's, uh, she, she's gone. She has reportedly boarded a plane. Uh, we don't know where she's going, but they let her go. Oh, good, good. So, that's awesome. Yep. And I guess she was sentenced to death in 2010. Right. Was recently acquitted. I don't know why they waited. I, I don't, I don't think in Pakistan there's a normal eight-year wait on death row, but... Um, no, you'd think they'd be pretty swift about that. But uh, I guess they kept appealing and all eyes were on them to see what they were going to do. And mm-hmm. finally they let her go, so she's uh, somewhere safe and uh, thank God for that. Yep, yep. Uh, Jeff Sessions is gone. Right. Right now, acting uh, Attorney General is Matthew Whitaker. I don't know much about him. I guess yeah, we'll have I, to wait and see what happens. Right. Oh, Everybody's... Hey, one... mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, you, were, you had a follow on everybody's... Well, everybody's hoping that uh, Whitaker will come down harder on these Democrats who keep meddling in elections and things like that. Ah, right, and right. That's what we want to see. Well, speaking of elections, did you see the bit in Florida about the uh, Democrat lawyer um, who objected to excluding one of the ballots because it was from a non-U.S. citizen? No, I didn't see that. <laughs> now, the candidate himself, I forget which of the two, can, you know, there's, there's two candidates that yeah. are kind of... Uh, it, it was an important race for Florida. It was one of the important races, but anyway, the candidate himself was smart enough to... Uh, um, to to kind of publicly scold the lawyer and say he was not authorized to make that objection. Huh. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Now, in Montana, uh, a judge has ordered the suspension of the construction of the P- uh, Keystone Pipeline. Uh, some kind of potential environmental impact. Huh. Um, now, where is and- the Keystone Pipeline... Uh- it's it's coming. <clears throat> I don't even know. I just know I, I you know all well, these I mean, pipelines were a... put a stop on, and Trump yeah, got them all running again. And now, so the governor uh, has ordered a stop. No, a judge or a judge has ordered a stop. Okay. So it's going to be overturned. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. But uh, okay, that's. Let me. Uh, no, I was just wondering what part of Montana that was running through. I mean, you know, you think it about... It runs through Montana, right through the middle of it. Right through the middle down? Okay. Almost. Okay. So, yeah. from um, uh, from west to east. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, that's a vast country, and uh, I a know. lot of open land there. Right, right. So, and, wait a minute. I mean, I... No, 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 no. What? That's embarrassing. We're going to cut out the, what I just said. So Okay, that's fine. Let's start okay, it runs through the uh, the upper corner of, of the state, kind of almost from uh, north to south, almost mm-hmm. directly across it, but it, it zags over to the corner of the state. So it's in a, it's in a corner of Montana. Okay, okay. I see. So it, it uh, doesn't hit as much of Montana as you would think for a judge to order a stoppage. 
No, it doesn't. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, there were a lot of, um, I think there were a lot of Native American objections. Uh, we mm-hmm. got over those. And now, so now he's, they're using the uh, environmental uh, objections. And so, uh, I think the we'll native, um, does it go through any of the, the reservations? I'm pretty sure it does. A lot of Montana is reservation. Well, that's true. That's that's where a lot of them are, aren't they? Yeah. Are we uh, paying them? Huh? Are we paying them? I think they did get some money. The, see, that, that's the problem with this, is when we talk about paying Native Americans for use of their land, um, that just it goes to the tribal leaders. It's not like it really filters oh, it down to the... the actual the people, people living there right okay it's, okay. it's kind of a it's, a it's a big sham and mm-hmm. i mean if you if if we were not here i think generally native americans would be living in dictatorships because mm-hmm. that's kind of how it panned out and at least you know what i might be wrong on this that's what i'm seeing that's what <laughs> i see when i because i'm always watching documentaries on this stuff um mainly mm-hmm. just because vicky's uh, Native American, and uh, I don't know why. I just found it in, find it interesting the uh, right. the the history with mm-hmm. Native Americans, and it just seems like the uh, majority of the tribe gets shafted, while a few tribal leaders. Uh, well, in any dictatorship, it's the same. It works that way, right? Exactly. Um. Okay, I think... Uh, yeah, well, that's about, all I got. How about fires in California? Like yeah. people dead. Yeah, it's pretty big. Um, right. I, You know... I, I, I knew this for about a year, and I never heard people talking about it. Mm-hmm. But I had heard someone explain to me that if they would harvest their woodlands, they wouldn't have this problem. But they won't do it. Hmm. They don't. They don't cut down their woods, yeah. so they don't section off areas of forest, so that wildfires can't spread all across the state. Ah, uh, yeah. I because see. of environmental laws. Huh. Those environmental laws are destroying the environment up there, over mm-hmm. there. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I Trump finally started tweeting about this. Uh, couple months ago yeah that was the the environmental the the forest mismanagement uh yeah and and he even threatened to say hey look you guys need to start making some sense in your forest management policies or you're going to lose some federal funds that are supposed to help you manage these things to avoid this kind of uh disaster I had heard some guy, I uh, I can't remember if it was Utah or one of those uh, states over there, um, who was in wildlife management, mm-hmm. and uh, he was given some little presentation, and he alluded to the fact that uh, they don't have this problem because they manage their forests, uh, and California refuses right. to. Their thinking is any kind of... Um, human beings should not interact with it at all. Hmm. That's how they look at it, and that's why the state keeps burning down. (laughs) So, uh, these Californians, 
They're, they're weird. Okay, so I want to. I just want to point out here: California has been among the most progressive states when it comes to marijuana use. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hey, uh, that's all. I what got. about what about Alabama? This, you know, I, in all of the election hubbub, I missed. Alabama has uh, now in the uh, you know during this ballot. Um, passed a uh, amendment to their constitution so the uh, let's see I don't have the wording of the amendment but here's the uh, quick rundown a yes vote supported this amendment to make it state policy to recognize and support the sanctity of unborn life and the rights of unborn children including the right to life and wow. that, yeah, and to state that no provisions of the Constitution provide a right to an abortion or require funding of abortions. It okay, passed. now nobody's talking about that. I, why not? It passed by a 20% margin in wow. Alabama. Yeah, that's wow. great. Way to go, Alabama. And we know that's going to make its way to uh, the Supreme uh, Court. And, yep, yep. Uh, well... We, we'll have to we see what hope, happens. We hope all these new judges are going to uh, stick with their positions. And mm-hmm. uh, and actually, I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping Trump gets uh, a, another appointee in. I, I know what's her name, Broker Ribs or something. Oh, I didn't know uh, about that. What's her name? The uh, which one? The old Is... judge that. Uh, Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, she so, said she's wow. not going to retire until <laughs> Trump is out. But now she's got a couple broken ribs because she fell, and uh, I don't. Know. We'll see what happens. Someone once referred to her as Darth Vader Ginsburg. <laughs> but it'd be nice if we got one more pro-lifer in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so. So, in spite of the Democrats' uh, mild gain in the House, good things are still happening. Yeah, we still got reason to hope. Yeah. It, it kind of, it's a shot to you, you know, and you feel down about it looking at all these uh, Democrats that won in the House, but we still have a lot of reason to hope. And, you know, the the thing that, um, that kind of... Uh, I, I don't get it. We, we've had four years now, and okay, uh, here's the thing. Trump has accomplished so much of the conservative agenda, and yet you do, you still find conservatives who kind of just seem to think it a, a valid principle to just plain be against Trump no matter what he does. Yeah, it's insane. It's like there's you've got these people who it's like, well, I don't care what he actually does. I'm going to be against him just because he's Trump. I don't get that at all. I don't either. Um, okay, my uh, see, I stopped voting a long time ago. Um, Did you vote in this last election? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I voted when Trump came along. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I felt like I was dipping my toe in the water because I, the last time I had voted was for uh, G.W. Bush mm-hmm. and we elected him and it was as if we had elected a Democrat. He didn't stand up for his appointees. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I just felt like if Republicans are going to be so wishy-washy on the agendas that we vote for them for, then what's the point? Do, what's why? Why do yeah. we do it? And we finally got this guy who says he's going to do something, and then he does it, or at least tries to do it. Yeah. And yeah. he's the only fighter in the whole in the whole uh, uh, in the whole government everywhere. Government. Yeah. I mean, at least in the Republican I did, camp, I you know, you, and that's the thing. You have these uh, on the on the Democrat side, um, they there are those who have each other's backs and, and they do fight to support each other. Um, but you're right on the Republican side. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's gotta be hard. It's gotta feel lonely to be a Republican in the government. And I would think that Trump and, and his accomplishments in the conservative agenda would make that less. So, yeah. And, and yet you still find, uh, so-called conservatives who are saying, well, yeah, I, I don't like Trump. Well, you know, why not? Because once in a while he says something that, that seems a little bit silly. I mean, you know, let's Crude face it. or mean, I don't understand. Well, here's the thing. Here's a guy who has spent his entire life outside of politics. Mm-hmm. And you com- you're comparing him with people who have been in politics since they were in high school. And who have learned to polish themselves and to watch every word and to run every single thing they do and say past a board of, uh, of, uh, what do you call them? People who, who advise them about how that's going to play on the public and how it's going to look and so on and so forth. And what he is, is unpolished and you're comparing him to to people who have been polished in politics for 20, 30, 40 years. And here's the stuff that he says that, that maybe can be a little bit annoying or a little bit crude or whatever that represents the absolute worst of where his mind goes because he's unpolished. Yeah. Yeah. You have no idea where the minds go of these polished politicians. Here's the thing. Um, See, what really turned me off about politics in general is um, the the cowardice. Mm-hmm. I mean, see, I guess, you know, it's the way we grew up. We have, um, see, the audience doesn't know our dad. <laughs> our dad is the toughest man alive. But you yeah. wouldn't know that yeah. just by meeting him because he's very gentle. But um, Very unassuming. Mm-hmm. If he feels like there's something he should do, he does it. And you don't stop him from doing it. Yeah. And he's unapologetic about this. You know, he, he believes this is what he should do, so he does it. And he has, um, he's just an all-around tough person. He like, like, uh, I asked, he, he, I was trying to help him get to a dentist and, um, I asked him if he had an incredible pain in his tooth, and I asked him if 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 he could wait until Monday or something like that. And he said, "Well, I've waited this long." I said, "What's this long?" He said, "For about a month." I said, "You've waited for a month?" <laughs> he said, "Well, I I was offering it up." 
<laughs> yeah, he does exactly. things like that on I mean, a regular he, basis. He, he gets pain. He thinks he should offer it up. So that's what he does in spite of the pain. It's Yeah, exactly. And so when he sees something as a matter of right or wrong, where he sees what he thinks is an obligation to do something right, he goes after it. He does it. Yeah. And uh, that's, yeah, you know, that's, I think there's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of that, uh, you see some of that in Trump too. He's, yeah, uh, definitely. Mean, he's, he's doing these things not because uh, he wants to be a meanie, not because he's trying to score political points with these people or those people. Uh, these things he just he's thinks doing, it's the right thing. It's because he thinks what's that's what's best for the country. Yeah, he loves his country. And the thing that, of all the bad things that Obama did, what made me most angry about him is um, he was a wuss. And I want to say another word that we can't yeah, say. I know. <laughs> um, the, the, he was feline. Yep. Put it yep. that way. Yeah, um, yeah. He went to other countries and, and bowed to other leaders. And mm-hmm. it's like you, you've, you're the leader of the strongest nation in the world. Why are you bowing to people? We put right. you up there to represent us. We don't. We're not a bunch of wusses. We're not a bunch of cats. I don't. It, that's yeah. what bothered me yeah. the most nope, about that's true. him. That's true. Uh, even Clinton didn't have that. Mm-hmm. And when we finally get a guy like Trump in, I, I make no apologies for his uh, uncouth manners and his tweets. Um, this is who we wanted. We elected mm-hmm. him because we wanted him. Yeah. And we're going to elect yep. him in two years because we want him again. Well, if hope. I could elect him a third time, I would. <laughs> Well, let's hope. Uh, let's hope the uh, that that uh, you know if if I think that more and more people are starting to realize the value of the kinds of things Trump is doing. That, um, but they're doing so quietly. I, I, you know, I think that yeah. that so much of what you know that you've got these loudmouth. Uh, liberals and you know they're they're ranting about about this nonsense um, and you know I'm talking about the ones who are uh, saying to do away with ice uh, for yeah. example crazy and, things yeah the and 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 the whole transgender crowd and all that kind of stuff and they're just ranting this stuff and because normal Americans don't engage and don't shout back and don't rant back and disagree with them they think that normal Americans are agreeing with them when in yeah. fact they're turning people off yeah it's just, and, and you know I, yeah. I kind of hope that the Democratic Party does not figure that out by 2020 yeah I don't think they will because they come on stronger and right now they think that because they came on so strong in the past several months, that gave them an edge over us, which is why they won the House. Mm-hmm. That's what they think, I believe. And I think they're going to continue to do this. And I think they're going to continue to drive more and more uh, Democrats into the Republican Party. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's hope. Yeah. All right. I think that's it. Okay. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, We will catch you next week. Uh, Think about what we said. This is a podcast about CatholicThings.com. Bye, everyone.